Hi everybody, thank you so much for checking out our podcast. If you'd like to know more about us or connect with us, then please do go to our church website and we would love to get to know you some more. Here's today's message. We hope it blesses you, encourages and inspires you. Many of you will probably know the uh, classic refrain from churches that have gone lived around for, for generations. God is good all the time. God is good. How about we say it together this morning? It's not something we usually do at Arbury. A bit of feedback. God is good all the time. God is good. This is a, a fundamental truth of the Christian faith that God is good all the time. God is good. And today we're going to be kicking off a new series in the life of our church as we uh, start a new church year as, and think about the character of God together and celebrate his goodness to us. God is good. Just imagine if the church and our community caught a glimpse. Imagine if you this morning caught a glimpse of the goodness of God for yourself. How much of a difference, how much of an impact would that make on the way that you lived your life and on, on the circumstances of your life? I'm convinced that if we all catch the, a glimpse of, just a glimpse of the goodness of God, then our lives will be transformed and they will never be the same. So it's my prayer that as, over the next few weeks as we work our way through this series that all of us will be able to once again encounter the goodness of God. That we might be lost in wonder and praise at who he is and what he has done for us. So today we're going to start at the start of the Bible as we listen to these words from Genesis 1 and 2 together. So if you've got your Bibles with you, then please feel free to turn to those. Alternatively, the words will hopefully pop up on the screen so that you can follow them as we read together. But we'll be starting at Genesis 1 verse 26 together this morning. Then God said, we're told, let us make mankind in our image in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female, he created them. God blessed them. And said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. 
Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had, cre- had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Let's, uh, as we come to consider this passage together, just spend some time in prayer that God would be speaking to us this morning. Lord God, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for this life that you have blessed us with. And Lord, as we come to this passage now, as we reflect and as we come to hear your word, Lord, we pray that we would hear your voice speaking to us. Lord, may we see a glimpse of your goodness this morning, we pray. Would you come and reveal yourself to us now? Amen. This week, a few of us were down here at church planning and doing a trial run um, to try and make sure that all the technology was working for us gathering together this morning. Um, As you can tell, that was a raving success, but we will uh, learn from it and carry on. Um, But as we were planning for today and as we were gathering together, uh, we started to think about how we could best mark the start of this new age as gathering together as a church family. Again, it's been 18 months almost since we were last gathered together regularly or in person. How could we celebrate this and make a good start together? We discussed a range of different options about how we could do this, but I thought I'd share one with you this morning that uh, I thought might be worthy of consideration. So it was suggested that as you came into church this morning, we could have a smoke machine. And as the smoke machine filled the stage, there would be atmosphere building. And along with the smoke machine, there would be music playing out atmospherically in the building, and it would be a real sense of heightened anticipation. We're back together again. And then this was my favourite bit. As the service countdown started, it didn't work this morning, uh, otherwise I'd still be down there. As if by magic, out of the smoke and the baptistry, on some kind of mechanical lift, I could rise to great cheers and excitement from all the congregation with glitter guns flying off all around me. And we would make a good start as we gathered to worship today. So, sounds good, thanks Tim. Now I thought it might be a little over dramatic, and I also thought that if we did do that, you'd probably all think, going, crikey, Matt's really lost his mind during the pandemic um, and never come back again. But, regardless how you make a good start, it doesn't have to be dramatic, it doesn't have to be overly flamboyant, but there's something significant about making a good start. A good start doesn't guarantee you success, but it sets you out in the right direction. It shows the intention of where you're seeking to go. I heard one golf commentator once say about a four-day golf competition that you can't win the tournament on the first day, but you can certainly lose it on the first day as you get so far behind you can't catch up with everyone else. A good start doesn't have to be dramatic, it doesn't have to be forced, but a good start can make all the difference. In Genesis 1 and 2, we are told of the most wonderful start that we are given, the most perfect start that God gave as he spoke the world into being. 
If you take the time to read the verses that were before this passage uh, that we heard this morning in the rest of Genesis chapter 1, you'll hear that it is full of God's goodness. God made a good start and as he went through each day of his creative process, we hear God declare he made it and it was good. God made it and it was good. Over the last seven weeks, we've been looking together as a church family at an overview of God's story throughout the Bible and, through, uh, and his scriptures together. And throughout that story, there are ups and there are downs. God's people throughout the Bible see his greatness in extraordinary ways. Yet there is also plenty of times where they turn away from his goodness and find satisfaction in other things instead, and it all goes a little bit wrong wrong and wobbly in the middle. However, despite all the ups and downs, God's story begins with a perfect start, and a start that highlights and demonstrates his goodness to each and every one of us. If we are to encounter and celebrate the goodness of God. We too need to start at the beginning and recognise his goodness and the goodness of his creation to us. So our passage today started with the most wonderful of statements that God made, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. And that's what God did. Just take a moment to think about that phrase. God said, let us make you in his image, in his likeness. When you look at yourself in the mirror, who do you see? I see a beer belly. Um, Not sure that's in God's likeness. Um, But what do you see? What do you see just yourself? Or do you see that you are a, ref- a, refle- a reflection of God? This reflection is more than just a physical reflection. God created us in our diversity. He created us male and female. He created us black and white. He created us tall and short. He created us town and gown. He created us with all our different skills and gifts and abilities in our diversity God created us, but in our diversity, we bear the image of God. Our hearts and our passions, our ability to love those around us, all reflect the character and the nature of God in us. When you look in the mirror, who do you see? It can be so easy for us to see those things that are not of God. To see, uh, to see those things that, are, um, that we so easily fix our eyes on. We see our faults and to see, we see our scars. We see our inabilities and our weaknesses instead of seeing the goodness of God in us. Seeing and accepting that you are made in the image of God has the power to transform your life. Because you, are made in, because you are made in the image of God, it means that you are never not enough. You bear the image of the God, the Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, the God who is all abundant and all powerful. 
is living and is represented in you. You were made good. You, were ref- you reflect the, the, and represent the wonder and the majesty and the goodness of God. You carry his image. God is good all the time. God is good. Our world is obsessed with appearances. Celebrities and companies spend millions of pounds promoting and protecting their image rights and selling their brand and making sure that they're seen in all the right places. We saw it in the Euros this year as uh, Cristiano Ronaldo just moved a bottle to the side. It wiped about 10% or something off a company's stock price because their brand was being sidelined rather than front picture by a global superstar. But this isn't just something that's seen in big corporate organisations. It's something that we live with each day as well, that our image matters to us. We care about what people think about us. We care about how we dress. We care about our reputation. We care about our social media presence. Why? Because we want people to think well of us, to see the best version of us. And there's nothing overtly wrong with that, but the problem is when we put our image and our identity in what other people see, rather than in what God sees about us. And so what does God see about us? Well, the most valuable and important image that we need to be aware of is that God sees us, and he says that not only will we do, not only are we good, but we are very good Throughout the Genesis story, it's God made it and it was good. God made it and it was good. And then he gets to us, he gets to you, and he says, God made you and you were very good. This morning, I want to encourage us all to see the goodness of God in who he created us to be. Your image is more than your social media profile. Your image is more than the achievements in your life. Your image is not dependent on how you compare to other people, what grades you've got, how successful you've been in your career. You are made in the image of God. You have been wonderfully made by God. As God spoke the world into being, he looked and he said it was good. But as he makes you, he steps back. As he makes us, he steps back and not only says you are good, but that you are very good. How do you see yourself this morning? Do you recognise that you are very good? Do you recognise that you reflect the image of God and his goodness to the world? Today, can I encourage all of us to grow in our God-given image, that we may embrace who he has made us to be. May we let go of those images that so uh, easily that we hold on to, that are not a true reflection of who we are, that we've taken on from the world around us. May we not try to be something that we have not been created to be, May we ourselves, and um, may we see ourselves, and may we see one another 
as people who are, are made in the goodness of God and that we bear the image of God in each other. As we are made good by God, in uh, this passage we're then going, in verse 28, told that God blesses us and calls us to be fruitful. The theme of fruitfulness runs again throughout the whole of the Bible, but it starts right here at the start of the Bible in Genesis. God is the God of blessing. He not only thinks that we are good, but that he blesses us and reveals his goodness to us. God blesses us with purpose to not only bear his image, but also to care and to rule over the world that he has made. God blesses us with his provision. He provides for us with food and the resources that we need in order to live out our lives and to be the fruitful people that he has created us to be. God blesses us and gives us purpose. Each one of us here today has a God-given purpose. And that purpose is far more significant than just going, I'm going to go out and do the best that I can do for myself and make the best of my life that God has given to me. God's blessing is not just for us to enjoy for ourselves, but God has given us a, a blessing and a responsibility to be fruitful and to pass that blessing on to those around us. We are blessed that we might be fruitful for God. But what does that mean, to be fruitful? Well, I think being fruitful can imply three things that we should aim to be as we seek to live out the goodness of God today. Firstly, I think being fruitful means it's being life-giving. God here, in the beginning of Genesis, gives life. He literally breathes life into us, just as God has blessed us with the gift of life. How much more can we take that responsibility to bless and give life to those around us? Now, we might not be able to breathe life and literally create people. Um, some of us can. That's okay. That's why we have our kids. But, um, that, but what does it look like for you to be a life-giving person, to, to make a difference into someone's week this week that they might be full of life, having encountered you as a follower of Jesus? Being fruitful means being people of hope. Fruit is growing for the next season. You first of all have to plant a seed in the ground, but that seed isn't a seed, or the fruit of that seed isn't seen immediately. If we are to be fruitful, we need to be people of hope, investing in the future that we might see the bounty of fruit that is to come in the future, because we have fruit that where seed is planted, fruit will come. Being fruitful also involves multiplication. And this is, again, a theme that goes throughout the Bible, but from one seed can come much fruit, and one fruit can often come much seed as well. A seed is planted in the ground, but the fr uh, and, and then we see a bounty of a harvest come on the back of it. 
God tells Abraham later in the book of Genesis that from one man and one woman will come a nation of people who will be too numerous to count. They're in the business of multiplication. Jesus calls his followers to be fruitful, to go to all nations and spread the fruits of the good news to those around them. God is interested in the business of multiplication, of sharing the fruits of who he is and what he has done with those around them. God loves to bless. But what do you do with the goodness of God that you have been blessed with in your life? Where have you seen the fruits of God's blessing in your life? If God has blessed you with a house and a home, how is your home a place of life, hope? and multiplication, that we might be fruitful with the blessings that God has given to us. If you have been blessed with a job, how can your job be a place of life, hope and multiplication as you live and be a blessing as, uh, as you've been created in the image of God? With your finances, How do you financially not just hold on to the money that God has blessed you with for yourself, but use that as a resource that it might be a source of life, hope and multiplication, that we might be fruitful with all that God has blessed us with. God is good. All the time, God is good. Each one of us has experienced and can continue to experience his goodness in our lives. But may we not just keep that goodness for ourselves. We are created to be fruitful, to pass on the blessing and the goodness of God to those around us. So how can you be a source of life, hope and multiplication as you seek to be fruitful with all that God has blessed you with this week? We also need to recognise that in order to encounter God's goodness, we also need to adopt a regular pattern of rest. After creating the world in six days, on the seventh day, God steps back and not only declares that it's very good, but he then rests. September is a time where we all come back off a good rest. And if you're anything like me, you go think, oh, I needed that rest. I'm going to try and change it so I don't need to go on as big a rest next time and I'm going to get into a pattern of resting more uh, this term. Over the summer, many of us will have taken time off of work. We'll have gone away. We'll have rested. We'll have recuperated. But as this new season starts, can I again encourage us all to that if we are to fully encounter the goodness of God, then you need to adapt a healthy rhythm and rest that you might fully encounter the goodness of God. This is often countercultural to how it works in our world today because we live in a world that encourages us to work hard in order to see more goodness. So in order to get to the next level in my career, I need to work hard and then I'll get that promotion and then I'll experience the goodness and then I'll work hard for the next one and I'll work hard for the next one and we can end on this endless cycle of pursuing more of God's goodness that we never get the chance to rest and enjoy it. Yet God created the whole world in six days 
and then on the seventh day he rested. That wasn't because God couldn't work anymore. It wasn't because he was so tired that he just had to get, come to a point where it was the summer holidays and he needed a rest. God rested and stopped because he wanted to enjoy the goodness of what he had made. We are made in the image of God. So why do we think that we can be more creative than God in whose image we made if we work seven days a week and then just keep on going and keep on going and expect that we can somehow outperform God? Rest is not just something that we need to survive. We need rest to enjoy and encounter the goodness of God in our lives. Busyness can so easily distract us and blind us from seeing the goodness of God. And so today, can I ask you a simple question? Where have you seen the goodness of God in your life this week? Where have you seen the goodness of God in your life this summer? Where have you seen the goodness of God this last year in your life? If you are not sure, then can I suggest that it's maybe a sign that you need to rest some more, that you might be able to encounter the goodness of God more. Maybe it's a sign that you need to pause and observe the blessing of God that surrounds you and honour him who has given it to you rather than rushing off to the next thing. Maybe you need to rest and recognise your blessings that you've already been given and think about how you can be fruitful with what you've got and how you can be a blessing to those around you. This morning you may be desperate to see the goodness of God, but you are struggling to see it. For the last few minutes we talked a lot about God's goodness but you just need to look on the news and you don't see a very good picture so maybe some of us are here today wondering well what are you on about Matt where do you see the goodness of God around me today we live in a world that is far from the perfect world that God created it to be and that's a conversation for another time come and chat to me if you want to talk about that more later But instead of seeing God's goodness, it's easy to look out of the window and see, instead of God's goodness, the climate crisis. Or to look out the window and see, or look in the newspaper and hear the news of droughts and floods and natural disasters and inequality and wars and conflicts. And quite understandably say, Matt, you're talking about the goodness of God and yet I don't see the goodness of God anywhere in any of that how can you talk about the goodness of God in times such as these if that's you this morning then I totally get it but there is still hope the word that is translated as the word creating in the old testament of our English transaction on translations of the bible which uh, we've looked at a number of times today in this passage has another meaning as well that word that is used that's called create in the old testament moves over into the new testament and that exact same word is also used to to mean salvation or redemption and the rescue of god's people it can be easy to think that god got to the end of his creative process in seven days and then the job was done god put his feet up and let the world carry on on its way but that is not what god does 
God has continued to be at work even in the midst of the broken, ungood world that we often see around us. So in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of the darkness that surrounds us, he is continuing to create and bring new hope and new life that we might once again encounter the goodness of God. God's creative force is still at work, but instead of bringing things into being, he is now bringing salvation and redemption and the rescue of God's people in as that we might know his goodness in our lives today. And this creative transformation that Jesus has started in the new, that we see in the New Testament is ultimately found in Jesus. After we took God's perfect world and we broke it, Jesus came into the darkness and the brokenness of it all. And through him, God launched his rescue plan. That through Jesus, we might all find salvation, all experience the recreation of God's goodness in our lives. So if you are struggling to see the goodness of God today, if you are desperate for good, for good today, even though it feels far off, please can I invite you to once again turn and look to Jesus. Encounter the blessing that he is. Embrace the goodness of God as he sent Jesus into our world to die on a cross that our world might be transformed and that we might have hope. I assure you, if you look to Jesus, you will be unable to deny his blessing and his goodness as you encounter him. But just because you make a good start, it doesn't automatically mean you will find a good ending. God gave us a perfect start, but the wonder of the Christian faith is that not only do we have a perfect start, we also have a perfect ending. There is a blip in the middle. It all goes a bit wobbly as we turn away from God, but the end of the story is just as perfect as the start. And the reason for that perfect ending is because of Jesus. And how he revealed the goodness of God that each one of us might be able to encounter that, even whilst he was hanging on a cross. So may we again this morning embrace the goodness of God and let his goodness to us radiate out from us, transforming our lives, our church, our workplaces and our community as we live and reveal his goodness to the world around us. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you that you are good. We thank you that you have made us in your image, that you have invested yourself in us. And Lord, we pray that we will continue to bear that image and know that image and live as people who are made in your image throughout our lives. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings that you have given to us. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to be fruitful 
with all of your goodness that you have stored and and blessed us with. Lord, may you help us to be people who give life, who give hope and bring multiplication to the good, uh, to the fruit that you produce in and through us. Lord, help us to rest. Help us to be able to enjoy the goodness, not so rushing to get more and more all the time, but just to be able to enjoy the blessing of what we already have. But Lord, in and through it all, we ultimately thank you and we praise you for Jesus, the fulfilment of the goodness of your hope for our world. And Lord, may we continue to live each moment of our lives in the joy and in worship and in the adoration of the goodness that you have blessed us with through him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.